Well, I have to confess to you this morning some of the events that took place in our house during the Christmas season. One year, on Sarah and my anniversary, I gave her a set of plates, a set of plates that are the 12 days of Christmas, one for each day. And so what we like to do in our traditions is each day put out that numbered plate. So it's always a lot of fun when you start on Christmas Day to put out the first day of Christmas, and then the second, and the third, and you know, it's still exciting when you get to the eighth day of Christmas, which is New Year's Day, and you're still celebrating. But I have to confess that on the tenth day of Christmas, I became a little more reluctant. And then finally on the 11th day of Christmas, when our last family had left, we had our kids from before Christmas till after Christmas with all the grandchildren, I decided I was about done. I didn't want to put out the 11th day of Christmas. And I didn't put out the 12th day of Christmas. And when I came back to the office, I said to everybody, you know, I am so done. I don't want another piece of candy, another cookie, another ham sandwich, another cup of eggnog. I am finished. You know, we started before Christmas with our series, Hurry Up and Wait. But by the time I was done with all of this, my theme was hurry up and get it done. Let's get past Christmas. But in truth, we can't rush away from Christmas too fast because we are here today celebrating still part of that, of that whole theme that we have of the manger seeds that we have on tables or outside of wise men who have come from the east. The tree is still up. You see, it's the epiphany, the arrival of the wise men of those who were not part of that covenant, of those whom God had also chosen through His Son. And it's about their search this morning. And we may be asking ourselves, well, how does it fit now? And what does it really matter? Christmas is over. Those 12 days are past. What about this story and where is it in our world? Because the truth is, we're in 2017 already. We've moved on in our lives. Many of us have returned to routines and normalcy. And many people have made resolutions in 2017. And I always find resolutions an interesting thing. It's really, the way I look at it is, our pretending that we will be in control now of this new year that has arrived. It'll be different than last year. Our resolution is setting it out there this year. I'm going to do this. And this year, this is going to happen because, you know, there's circumstances in life last year that prevented me. But this year, this is what I'm going to do. But we know the truth. We know the truth that 2017 has on it still a big question mark. There will be changes that will come in our lives in this year. Some will be wonderful. Some will be devastating. Some will be incredible. Some will be disappointing. There will be things that will happen this year. And many of the things that will happen to us will leave us searching for answers. And the question I have is, where do we look then for those answers in our lives? Well, this story of the wise men gives us just that point. 
You know, we are good at searching for information, so good that it is really incredible to hear some of the statistics. In fact, we are so good at searching for information, we've taken what was a noun in our language and we have now made it part of our culture and it has become a verb. What am I talking about? To Google something. People do searches all the time. In fact, the statistics on searching for information are this. 40,000 searches take place in Google every second. That leaves us with 3.5 billion searches a day. And over a year, that is 1.2 trillion searches in a year. We search for information. We search for answers. We search for simple things or complex things. There is a lot of information out there to be searched to give us answers. And we have to filter it. And we have to figure out which is the best answer for what we search for. You know, the wise men were searching also. Here again, the words from Matthew as he begins this lesson. He says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Where? They needed more information. Where did these magi, these wise men, come from? We know that they followed a star, but was that the only clue they had? And why did they know that a star was something that they needed to follow? Had they been left clues in their lives? Had there been something ahead of time that prepared them for this moment? Well, archaeologists have discovered that in ancient Babylon, they'd found clay tablets that had three different languages. They date from the reign of King Darius in 486 B.C. You remember King Darius. He had one of his captives that was a very brilliant young man. So brilliant that he made him chief over his wise men, his magi. Well, on this ancient clay tablet, it says the following inscription. When this or that event in the sky occurs, a great king will arise in the west. And then justice and righteousness, peace and joy will rule in all the lands and bless all the nations. God had appointed Daniel in that kingdom to be the one to prophesy many things to write down clues for what would become in the future. And Isaiah tells us that God had prepared these foreigners for just this event that was going to take place, the birth of his son. They had that clue. They knew that when this star would rise, they needed to go and to follow and to come to the place that it led them. But they didn't have all the information. All they had was a star. And so we see them come into what would be logical, the capital city of Jerusalem, the place where the king would reside. And they come in and they find Herod and they Google Herod to ask him about it. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
Matthew tells us that that really unearthed Herod in all of Jerusalem. Because Herod believed himself to be the king of the Jews, although he had been appointed by the Romans in 40 B.C., He wasn't Jewish. He knew that it wasn't his rightful place. He was also ruthless and insecure enough that he wasn't going to have somebody supplant him. But they didn't know where to look, where to find him, until they brought together then all of those chief priests and the scribes and those who knew one thing. And where did they look for the answer of where was the king born? In the Scriptures. They opened the Scriptures and said, In Bethlehem is where the King is to be born, for this is what the prophets have said. Now those wide men who had been searching for information had the answer that they wanted, that they needed, so they could go and worship. I still, as I hear this story every time, find it interesting that now they know where to go, now they know who it is they're going to seek, what the place is, that the only ones who still went, having found out that answer, were the wise men. Herod didn't go. Those who knew the Scriptures and understood that this was a prophecy of God that was being fulfilled, those chief priests and those scribes didn't go. Only the wise men went to Bethlehem to worship. And so it makes me come full circle back to us and the things that we look for and the information that we search for in our lives. And what do we do when life throws us a curveball or a question mark in this new year? Where will we search for true information that will lead us in ways of peace and hope? And what about others around us who don't know what we know as those chief priests and those scribes knew? To know the Scriptures, to know the peace that Jesus has brought into this world and the hope that He has given us. Where will they search? You know, the truth is that God still gives us signs and God still gives us stars but the problem in our lives is that most of us don't notice and if we do notice we don't really pay attention oh I'm not talking about signs in the heavens and I'm not talking about other things I'm talking about signs in our lives things that God has placed there that He asks us by the Spirit to notice signs of brokenness in the world and signs of emptiness and loneliness, signs of people who are hopeless, signs of people who are in darkness. Do we know where to find the answers? Do we notice them or do we go on with blinders in our lives, living our lives, trying to return to some normalcy and some routine And that these are just things that don't really fit for us. You know, St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians chapter 2, the following words, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Listen to what he says. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. 
You see, God still does give stars that shine in the sky. It's what we say when we baptize someone, when we light that candle, that because we have been placed into Christ through the waters of our baptism, as Pastor Mark said, we reflect that light. We shine in this world by the lives that we live in Jesus Christ, by what he has given us, by his gifts to us. We shine in our lives that others might be led to him, to the one that we come to worship. We shine in the darkness because Christ lives in us. We are people in a hopeless and dark generation that have hope and have light and have the gifts that Jesus has come to give us. Just as that star led foreigners to come and worship the newborn king, so the Spirit uses us like stars in the world to lead others to Jesus Christ by our lives. He has placed in us his hope, his love, his forgiveness. And he has revealed those things to us by his word, just as he revealed by his word to those wise men where the king would be born. He shows the way to us through His Spirit and through His Word so that we can bring others to see the signs that God has given us. The signs of new life that are created in the waters of baptism that we can point to to say this is where redemption begins in our lives, where we are brought into the kingdom. The signs that we receive when we come and we take the Lord's body and blood where we have our faith strengthened when it is weak, where we are given once again the forgiveness that God has showered on us. And we can point to the sign of the cross. That Jesus came to give his life. Like the last word of that song we sang in the first Noel, and with his blood, mankind has bought. You see, these are the signs that we can point to as we are the stars that reflect the light of Jesus Christ in the world. May we not go through a new year with blinders on that when something comes and we're thrown a curveball, we don't know where to search. May we return again and again to the gifts that God has left for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. May we shine in our lives as stars, as Paul says, that others may see what God has done for us. That we are people of hope and life and light in this world to bring others to be into his presence that they too may worship with us. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, as the wise men came to give you gifts and to bow down, so you have drawn us by your Spirit to come together as your people to worship and to praise you, to give our gifts. Lord, let us always in our lives be like those stars in the sky that we may shine, not our radiance, but your grace and your love to this world. May others be drawn that we can point to the signs that you have given us, that strengthen us, that give us hope, that give us new life in you always. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for you truly are our King, our Lord, and our Savior who has come into this world, that we may worship and praise you. We ask this in your name. Amen.